welcome back to the HR Grapevine podcast, the podcast series that takes an in-depth look at one of the most fascinating, important or divisive HR stories from over the last week. I'm Sophie Parrott, online editor at HR Grapevine, and each week I'll be joined by a different HR journalist as we explore the contemporary practice and most pressing debates in HR within a short podcast. So join me as we properly pick apart what it means to work in the people function. Today, I'm joined by Kieran Howes, Deputy Editor at Executive Grapevine Digital Media. Welcome back again, Kieran. Pleasure to have you. Thank you. Very, very good to be back. It's an interesting topic we have this week. Yes, absolutely. Like I've said in previous weeks, uh, we're still working from home, so we do apologise if the sound quality isn't as optimum as it could go because we are dialing in remotely for the purpose of the podcast. But we are still dedicated to bringing you the latest topical debates within a short HR episode. The pandemic has greatly shaken up the world of work and the ways that people go about their personal and professional lives. For example, in March, UK Prime Minister Boris Johnson enforced a strict lockdown, which saw a large part of the country move to remote working arrangements virtually overnight. In order to stay connected, employers have been using conferencing platforms to allow staff to engage in virtual conversations, but also to keep business operations ticking over as usual. Within this new way of working, many employers, if they need to hire new talent, have resorted to conducting virtual interviews for the first time, and stats have shown just how large this uptake has been. For example, research published in April this year from a Gartner HR survey found that 86% of organisations have conducted virtual interviews to hire candidates through the pandemic. In addition to this, the poll of 334 HR leaders found that 82% of organisations anticipated a decline in external hiring across the three months following that. In a statement posted to Gartner's corporate site, Lauren Smith, who is the vice president in the Gartner HR practice, said, as external hiring slows for many organisations and business priorities change, leaders must evaluate different methods of recruiting and hiring. And definitely, these new virtual methods are something that are allowing businesses to continue going forwards. With social distancing measures still in place and a large portion of organisations still working from home due to the pandemic, job interviews hosted over Zoom continue to play a big role in supporting business as usual and getting employers the talent that they need to survive and overcome the pandemic. Back in the office, employees may find themselves reaching for a smart jacket or smart skirt in attempts to come across more professional within a face-to-face meeting. But should the same be said for virtual interviews that are conducted over Zoom? Well, this was a debate I actually saw unfold on LinkedIn a couple of weeks ago. Essentially, a talent acquisition manager took to the professional networking site, saying that he'd seen quite a few people doing Zoom interviews in suits and smart attire. The manager went on to write, what does wearing a suit for an interview actually tell anyone about a candidate? They have no relevance to good character or the ability to do a good job. This garnered a wealth of responses from other users, some of which said that what they choose to wear is completely up to them as long as they are presentable and neat. And others added that workers or candidates should dress in a way that allows them to feel more confident during the interview and really show their best selves, whether or not this is in a suit or something slightly more casual. Others shared that demanding a certain dress style that isn't relevant to performance or safety is quite unfair and could actually create unconscious bias. And having a little look on the ACAS website before the podcast, it said that unconscious bias in the workplace can influence decisions in recruitment, promotion, development and recognition, which can ultimately result in a less diverse workforce. Particularly where unconscious bias is against a protected characteristic, it can be discriminatory according to the site. 
In addition to the comments that I've just shared from the LinkedIn thread, on the flip side, others said that dressing smartly could actually make someone feel more confident, while others said that dress codes for a job interview should really depend upon the role that a candidate is interviewing for. I completely agree with that. Um, the point about unconscious bias is is very poignant. We often think about unconscious bias when looking at CVs, but actually it really does exist in the process, even if you're conducting an interview over Skype digitally. Some people who are ideal candidates for these roles may not be financially able to purchase a DEPA suit or new smart clothes. Does this make them any less eligible? According to a study by Frank Berenari, PhD, who is an associate professor of psychology at Oregon State University, within the first 10 seconds of meeting your interviewer, that person has already decided whether or not you're right for the job. Those who come across as polished and pulled together are quite simply more likely to be hired than those who are seen as putting in less effort. So unfortunately, flashing that Rolex or wearing a crisp Charles Turwitz suit could be the deciding factor which tells you nothing about the candidate. So this is something that HR really needs to be very, very conscious of, and which, again, raises the question of whether smart clothing is necessary at all in the workplace. I'm happy to say that statistics published by Hive show that more and more businesses are leaning towards casual dress codes, and they realise that these are much better for worker well-being and for productivity. In 2014, 19% of businesses allowed people to wear whatever they wanted. Now that number is much closer to 36%, with 62% allowing casual dress at least once a week. And, you know, it's really good for business too. 61% of employees are more productive when a dress code is relaxed. And 80% of people who work in an environment with a dress code responded that they don't find them useful at all. So I actually recently spoke to New Era HR director Anna Lloyd, who is an extremely insightful person. She told me that she's strongly against enforced dress codes. She said that allowing staff to express themselves at work is another way of increasing belonging and well-being. We consciously don't have a dress code, she said. Some days you may feel like looking sharp, but on other days... When you have a big workload on, you may want to come in in a tracksuit. So long as you get your work done, what does it matter? Yeah, interesting thoughts from Anna there at New Era regarding their stance on workplace dress codes. But what about candidates and what have they been doing throughout the pandemic? Well, before the podcast, I spoke to Simon Hughes, who is the founder and CEO of Jobatar, about his experience within this. And he said that he feels candidates are still dressing smartly during the pandemic. He said that while video interviewing tech is evolving to improve candidate participation and experience within interviews, he said that this shouldn't detract candidates from being professional, even if they are being interviewed from behind a screen. So he said to me, the old adage of you only get one chance to make a good first impression still very much applies with video interviewing. Dressing casually would give a bad impression before the interview has even begun. Yeah, exactly. I mean, everyone's already really, really stressed in the pandemic and pushing people to dress smartly on top of that may just be another thing to be conscious of and worry about. So I think actually Future of Works published some some data about that. Do you want to talk us through that, Soph? Yeah, the company Cielo did a Future of Works survey, which found that two thirds of talent acquisition and HR leaders have made good use of virtual recruitment tactics throughout the pandemic. And with 82% intending for these to remain as new methods going forwards, it's quite possible that the notion of virtual recruitment is here to stay in the long term. So during the pandemic, when people are working remotely, 
it is quite possible that employees may opt for more casual attire. I'm sure we've seen lots of things on social media about people wearing a smart shirt and then perhaps wearing pyjama bottoms underneath the table, which isn't visible to the people they're speaking to over Zoom and other platforms like that. To tie in with what Kieran said about the, you know, the mental toll of working within a pandemic, and as has been highlighted by various statistics, is this a time for HR and potentially interviewers to be more lenient about dress codes, whether this is referring to the rules for existing staff or in a job interview with new candidates. Well, ahead of the podcast, I spoke to Dr. Karen King, who is a fellow from the London School of Economics' Department of Management, who told me that online interviews set out to achieve a lot in a limited time frame as hiring managers will assess a candidate's fit with the organisation and the requirements of the job. Dr King said to me, a disproportionate focus on policies, such as what to wear in a virtual Zoom call or job interview, may be seen as missing the point in today's online interviews, particularly given the seriousness of today's crisis context. This may then undermine candidates' views of the priorities of the organisation at a time when the individual's competence, experience and potential to contribute to the organisation's performance and commercial recovery are as urgent as any time in recent memory. It's a very interesting point there, particularly regarding the, the employer branding piece. And although, as Dr King mentioned, we are in unfamiliar territory with the pandemic at the moment, it is quite possible that candidates will want to mimic the face-to-face on-site recruitment standards in today's equivalent, which obviously is a virtual one over Zoom. Dr King finished off by saying that when interviewing for a new role, attire is just one of the considerations for employers and candidates. So it should, and I quote, fairly take its place so both parties can focus on the main event, ergo being the interview. Yeah, I think, you know, that comes back to what you were saying earlier about people wearing pyjamas on their bottom half and a suit on their top half. It, it has become a common joke um, that many people are conducting meetings that way and, and interviews that way, maybe in a suit and shirt with no trousers or in Hawaiian shorts. And in fact, a story went viral recently. I don't know if you saw this, but a Good Morning America reporter was spotted presenting the news live in his pants, which is maybe a step too far. But um, really, the point is that it didn't affect his ability to do his job. I think that for recruiters, they should encourage candidates to wear whatever makes them feel comfortable and confident in the interview. A study recently conducted by Professor Karen Pine of the University of Hertfordshire discovered that what we wear has a marked effect on how we feel and that, in her words, putting on different clothes creates different thoughts and mental processes. So actually, it may be the case that you're getting the best out of your candidates if you don't define what they have to wear. Yeah, I totally agree. But unfortunately, that's all we've got time for today. HR Grapevine wouldn't exist without your continued readership and engagement with our content. Whether that's our daily newsletters, monthly magazines, webinars, live events, or market-leading research papers. So to find out more or to sign up to our daily content newsletter, which showcases solutions and best practice answers to all of your HR issues, please visit hrgrapevine.com. Hold up. 